Welcome once again to the Irish NFL Show, uh, brought to you in association with our partners at Cassidy Travel. Uh, I'm Mark Cockrell. Uh, I suppose I'll play Porthos this evening. And Athos and Aramis are with me, as we're only three musketeers. Colin Cronin, Brian O'Leary, good to see you, gents. How are you doing? Very well, Mark. Looking forward to another intriguing weekend. And hopefully, maybe we've all learned some lessons given what has happened over the, the past couple of weeks between the Bears shocking your Patriots, the Steelers shocking the Bucks, and the Panthers, I think, which might have been the biggest uh, surprise of all. So nobody, I, I don't, when, when we talk about locks of the week, you're tossing a coin, I feel. Well, there's the lock of the week at Wembley on Sunday, uh, Colin. You know, maybe the Broncos might shock you and get a win on Sunday. Maybe that might be the, the shock of the weekend. Look, um, I don't know if you're at the halfway point. Mark alluded to, to it on last night's show that it was like the halftime on this Sunday's games. But we are getting into a, a, a serious period of the season now where we're going to see teams start to push on, potentially make their way towards the playoffs. A lot of intriguing games to get through this weekend. I'm looking forward to Seeing the selections is always is always a, a torn up when we get together and make picks for games. Very, very true, Brian. There's always a shock or two on the way. There'll be no shocks for the Chargers or Chiefs. They are on a bye this week. And for those of you, if you want to check out our picks for Thursday Night Football and our podcast on Thursday Night Football, you'll find that on YouTube, on uh, Twitter, and all our normal podcasts uh, surrounding. So uh, that's the Ravens and Bucks game. However, we are going to talk about all the games at the weekend other than the Broncos and Jags because there'll be a special show uh, live from Wembley covering that where we'll be seeing two teams with uh, 66% combined of the wins that the New York Giants have, yet 10 times the number of losses combined the New York Giants have. So we look forward to that matchup with uh, bated breath. You need to ring the alarms for one other reason. This is a public service announcement. Remember, clocks go back. Games will kick off at 5 p.m. this week. So don't uh, be mislaid. Don't tune into Red Zone at 5 to 6 and wonder why the games are already gone on. It happens to an NFL fan every year. Don't be that fan. You know, this is this is a public service announcement brought to you by the Irish NFL show. Um, gents, even with the early starts, even with a couple of games already covered, we've got plenty of games to cover. Let's start with the NFC South at 5 p.m. Panthers at the Falcons. Um, you know, Colin, we've got some teams with some bad records going along here. We've got one matchup between two teams with winning records. This is the two and five Panthers going into the three and four Falcons, who are joint top of the NFC South. So can't be all that bad. Uh, in, indeed, uh, they are. And I saw a great tweet during the week that said, imagine if Calvin Ridley didn't get suspended. The, the Falcons would have Calvin Ridley, Drake London and Kyle Pitts not to throw the ball to because everything they do is run, 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 despite an incredible array of pass catchers. They throw it 13 times uh, in their last game. Um, I think they might need to find a bit more balance than that, given the quality of the pass catchers that they have. Uh, PJ Walker is going to be starting for the, the Panthers, which, uh, you know, quite telling of, I think, what um, the new coaching 
staff there thinks of perhaps Baker Mayfield and, and Sam Darnold, and I imagine there will be quite the turnover um, of players uh, in the offseason for the Panthers. I, I am amazed. If that report that the Panthers turned down two firsts for Brian Burns, if that is true, I, I'm amazed that they would turn down a haul like that. As good a player as he is, but two firsts is quite something. I I don't think the Panthers will be able to catch the Falcons the way in which they were able to catch the Bucks. I think that was the epitome of a blasé attitude and expecting things to just go go well. And then once um, Evans dropped that ball, it was downhill from there. Um, I I do think the the Panthers will be better than they were under Matt Rule, but I think the the Falcons. Um, under Arthur Smith will eke out a victory in in this one and uh, Marcus Mariota and his merry men uh, will continue to sit atop the division. Yeah, I mean, the storyline last week was all about the Brady and the books and how disappointing they were in terms of the performance against the Panthers. And PJ Walker probably didn't get the credit he deserves for people who, like myself, who watched the XFL before during, before it was... Lockdown during COVID, um, he was really one of the most efficient quarterbacks. He's going. This is now his tour game. He's starting. They're they're talking him up this week. They're praising him. His pocket presence, his toughness. He's got all the attributes to be a, a quarterback in the league. And last week he was 177 yards, two touchdowns. But I'm not buying it because we saw him play against the Rams. We saw where I think Colin Calder last week. He had one yard in the passing offence and we've seen the struggles last year when he did step in for a number of games when Sam Darnold was injured. I was looking at the points in which the Panthers have scored this season. They've they've averaged 17 points a game on offence. The fact the two wins they've had is when they've gone over the 20 marker. 22 against the Saints, 21 last week. And I just don't think, if, as, as up and down as the Falcons' defence has been, I think the, the Falcons' defence will find a way to keep him in check and as Colin says, it's Falcons offense, it's run orientated, it's Mariota with the run pass option. They've got the running backs doing a very efficient job. And if they do go into the passing game, in fairness, Kyle Pitts is getting more involved. So they've got the players there to win the game. It's at home. I'll go Falcons as well to win this game and go back to 500 at 4-4. Four and four. Guys, guys, where's the romance? Where's the dreaming? Where's the fantasy and everything? Like the the Panthers, let's, let's just imagine this. Just go with me for a second, right? Thursday night football, the the Bucks, as the three of us all picked, lose to the Ravens, so they're on three and five, and the Panthers go into Atlanta to Mercedes Benz and they win this game. The Panthers vault to the top of the NFC South as they'll have the tiebreakers. They'll be on three and five at leading the division after everyone's written them off. And it's like the Princess Bride. It's a fantasy story. Like, I mean, they've beaten Fezzik the Giant, a very slow and lumbering Bucks team last week. This week, they're going against Inigo Montoya. And, you know, maybe Inigo Montoya and uh, Marcus Mariota and his merry men, as you so aptly put it, Colin, decides to fight left-handed and decides, you know, they're not going to switch to the right hand at any point during the way. I want to I want to imagine for Panthers fans and what they've gone through in the last while. I mean, they've been told that Baker Mayfield is their savior. They've gone through the the hurt and the pain of Matt Rule's regime. They're now in full-blown fire sale at least on offense for sure, and they're seeing C-Mac obviously the you know, the face of the franchise in many respects been traded to, to the the 49ers. Um they need a bit of hope. They need something to dream of. I don't think they're going to catch them. But I'm going to just go with 
joy. I'm going to go with surprise. I'm going to go with the unexpected. And I'm going to imagine that the Carolina Panthers, which I didn't predict, obviously, against the Buccaneers, are going to somehow find a way to sprinkle some fairy dust on this season and are going to end the day on Sunday on top of the NFC South and beat the Atlanta Falcons. Don't you remember what it was like to dream? Let's just dream for them for a second. Um, Daring daring to dream. Michael McQuaid is is not daring to to dream. He is going with uh, the, the Falcons. Mark, you, you, Mark, sorry, your, your dreaming scenario, there, you're reminding me, you, you call it out time and time again, how year in, year out, when the Giants are having poor seasons, oh, I come up with all these little permutations and scenarios as to how they're going to win the division. You're starting to sound like that now, um, only you're doing it for the Panthers. Uh, hey, someone, someone's got to stand up for those poor kitty cats. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Um, standing up for a team as well. Next game we're going to look at tonight, gents. Bears versus the Cowboys. Two teams coming off um, great uh, Week 7 wins. We really don't have to talk much about the Bears win, if you're okay with that. Like, I mean, we just gloss over that complete annihilation of the Patriots on Monday Night Football. I'm, I'm good if you don't feel the need to talk about it at all. Just, just suggesting, throwing it out there. But... You know, Bears, Cowboys finally finding use for Justin Fields. Cowboys finally getting their franchise quarterback back on the field as well. Colin, how do you see this one going the weekend? Um, my biggest hope for this game is that Justin Fields gets the protection he deserves. Because in a season where we have seen some of the most ridiculous roughing the passer calls, every single week feels gets smashed in the head he gets taken down at the the knee it is insane the hit he took he got absolutely crushed between two patriots players the other if that had been tom brady um the, the cops would have been on the field um to to arrest the the two pass rushers it would have it would have made the devonta adams stuff look minor it is ridiculous um how he he gets treated and he is going to to need it at the, the weekend because going up against a cowboys defense that is merciless um they they are fantastic and dan quinn keeps finding new ways and what's been you know we talked about it a bit last year and we've seen it again this this year he keeps evolving and he this is not the dan quinn of old this is dan quinn going against what we his previous instincts um and every week they're they're impressive and even um you know it's not only the michael parsons show we've seen Diggs actually grow into becoming a better player last year he was completely boom or bust this year he's a lot more uh, steady and has been um seriously impressive we talked about it a little bit on last night's show. I like what the Bears did with Justin Fields against the, the Patriots. I hope we see a lot more design runs. Um, I think that would um, really help him, and I hope he can go on to become uh, a true franchise QB. But um, I still think that they are limited, so I'm going to go with the Cowboys to, to win this one. But I think the Bears' um, offense um, it is something that I may be looking at as a Broncos fan and going, hmm, I dare to dream. Well, Colin was talking about the rough treatment that uh, Justin Fields has been getting throughout the course of this season and last season. And I'll, I'll call another game out you. And it was last season, the Monday Night Football, when they went into Pittsburgh. 
and he was manhandled in that game and there was flags not given and there was uproar after that game. For some reason, he seems to be the fall guy when it comes to this decision. As you said, bear in mind what we saw of last weekend in particular, where some of the play players by the flags, but the referees was, was really poor. Um, my intriguing part for this game is the Cowboys' offense because everybody expected Dak Prescott last week to come back and line it up against the Lions' defense, which, which has been quite weak. And having spoke to a couple of Cowboys fans, they play the same methodical offense in which we saw under Cooper Rush. They feel now that Mike McCarthy has recognized they don't need to be on with an expansive offense. They've got the defense to win them games. Let's just not put ourselves in a position where we're causing ourselves harm on the offensive side of the ball. Where I see this game being won for the Cowboys is on the run game. The Bears are averaging 149 yards per game, giving up against the run. Zeke Elliott is actually having a better season than people than people think. He's been really efficient. He played well last week, played well in Philadelphia week two. Um, he came back into the game last week and haven't been injured. So for me, it's a Cowboys win. I still think we will see an improvement from the Bears' offense. I think Colin, you're right. I think they've recognized now that there is other attributes to the game in which Justin Fields provides that they haven't been utilising properly, but ultimately I don't think it'll be enough to beat this Cowboys team in particular, the fact that it's at home in Dallas. So Cowboys win and roll on to six and two for me. To sleep, perchance the dream, I there's the rub. The reality, as Shakespeare so eloquently put it, is that uh, dreams are mostly associated with sleep. And whilst I might be able to dream on behalf of the Carolina Panthers, I can't dream on behalf of the Chicago Bears because what we'll be seeing is that Monday night was a mere mischievous dream and spirits dancing around their heads. And ultimately, this team will be found out. They're found out on a regular basis on their offensive line. And this Cowboys team has already proved that when they're up against a poor offensive line, see Rams, Los Angeles, they will absolutely dominate and decimate them. The attacks can come from anywhere. Micah Parsons is just a nuisance, frankly, uh, but they've got uh, strength all along that defensive line. Now, if the offensive line can hold up and, um, you know, you don't, uh, you can potentially exploit some gaps in their secondary. Uh, Diggs also will make his interceptions, but he also can be beaten as well, as he proved in his rookie season and he's proven again this year. I just don't think the Bears have the downfield threats. I don't think that they will be able to pull the same trick twice uh, in terms of, you know, refining their run game and obviously in a very wet... Actually, sorry, let me clarify this. If it rains for the rest of the season, the Bears have a chance. Every time it rains, they win. Rain rain heavily in week one against 49ers, they won. Rained heavily on Monday Night Football, they destroyed the Patriots. Um, you know, this... That's what they need. They need to do a rain dance, basically. It's not going to rain in Texas on Sunday. It's not going to rain at Jerry World. The Cowboys are going to win this game. Brian, you got a point. Yeah, wasn't Belichick due to break a record there on, on Monday night to Hallis? The fact that I might have brought that up the week before, doesn't it? Yes, if he had won, he would have overtaken George Hallis, the longtime yeah. Chicago Bears so coach, for the second most regular and postseason wins in the NFL. Yeah. Not only did it, did it rain in the game, they rained on his parade, you could say. Boom. Yeah, and and we we talk about the uh, the Bears, and we talked about the seventy two Dolphins, the eighty five Bears. The only team they lost to during the regular season were the eighty five Miami Dolphins, who maintained that perfection streak and everything. So you know, sometimes when the NFL sets these things up, it doesn't quite pan out how they would like it to be. Um, Cowboy, Colin, Cowboys, Cowboys fans, if you are to have one concern, it is that all four of us have gone for the Cowboys because 
Michael is uh, on on board the Jerry train as well, and uh, that should uh, should perhaps concern Elvis.